0: You're listening to The 123 Show this afternoon with me, Karen Ko It is five past two and it's time for our Tuesday report. And on this week's uh, report, reporter Andrew Dabina continues his look at California wine. So last week he, was, uh, he did an interview from Napa Valley itself. This week he's back in Hong Kong and he caught up with visiting Sonoma-based wine critic, writer and public speaker Elaine Chacon Brown. So Elaine was in town last week for the Discover California Wines Asia Tour. Elaine also illustrates her interpretations of wine characteristics, which is pretty interesting. So let's take a listen.
1: I'm Elaine Chacon Brown. I'm a writer, speaker, and illustrator of wine. And I'm here in Hong Kong getting to know the local market and speaking about California wine. So I'm the American specialist for JancisRobinson.com. I contributed to the multi-award winning fourth edition of the Oxford Companion of Wine Mm. and also consulted and contributed to the just released eighth edition of the World Atlas of Wine. In the United States, I am a regular contributor to Wine and Spirits magazine as well. And I also actually got started in wine first by doing illustration work. I started illustrating my tasting notes rather than simply writing them. And at the time, that had never been done before. And so it sort of opened the door for me to then go on to write and speak about wine as well.
2: Okay, could you just explain that a bit more, please? Illustrating your wine notes. Yes, so I have loved
1: wine for a long time. And at one point, friends said to me, you know, I wish you were always with me when we had wine, because it Mm. makes more sense when you're here. And I thought, there's got to be a way to communicate wine that's just straightforward and easy to get. And I kept thinking about this, Mm. thinking about this. And at some point, I finally came up with the idea of kind of hand-drawing the way a wine tastes to me, rather than writing out notes of cherry and cedar or chocolate, da-da-da-da. I thought, well, those are all uh, things that can be represented visually. So I just started working on it and came up with a way to kind of draw the flavor and aroma characters with reference to the wine, rather than just writing it out.
2: So do you use a certain code for icons that represent certain elements instead of using the 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 words to give a descriptor is that the way you do it or could something with certain say fruity notes be illustrated in a different way at different times
1: there are other people that illustrate wine now as well and a lot of people have come up with their own codes but i try to actually just make it as visually straightforward as possible so if a wine is relatively floral i try and draw more flowers and of the type that it smells like to me. Mm. You know, if there are certain types of fruit, so more red cherry, I try and draw red cherries, you know. So I want the visual tasting note to immediately hit you with a sense of the wine, rather than you having to learn how to read the visual note.
2: Is it always like a still life? Could it be a landscape?
1: I actually have drawn that before, it's trickier, but weirdly there are wines that taste like a mountain. (laughs) You know? They're rocky, they're rugged, they're, you know, have that different shape to them. So it's sort of fun to play with how can we represent this.
2: Could it be a person, a mysterious looking figure?
1: I haven't drawn notes that are showing people. But weirdly, when I taste wine, I often actually get an impression of a person. There's a way in which I think the ways we describe the character of wine yeah. often closely resemble the character of a person. Right. And so the two sort of overlap in my head a bit.
2: So, Elaine... When people think about California wine, usually the first type of variety of grape that comes to mind is Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, Chardonnay is another popular one. But recently I was in Napa Valley a couple of weeks ago and I was drinking wine from grapes that were different varieties that people in Hong Kong might not really know about. I had a Great Grenache, a Rhone Valley variety that was grown in Sonoma, where you come from, and there was Albarino. There were other smaller types of grape varieties that people really don't see in Hong Kong
1: The interest in Grenache is growing. Mm. It's not one of the top planted varieties, Mm. but there's definitely an avid group of Rhone variety lovers, and they focus on Grenache and Syrah, as well as Morvedra and and the Rhone whites as well. Okay,
2: all of the Rhones.
1: Yes, so so Grenache Blanc actually is doing very well in California. But again, smaller numbers. California does very well with white wines. I know interest in white wines is newer in this region and growing, but we just did a Chardonnay seminar this morning. There's really an incredible, beautiful range of Chardonnay. Sometimes people assume Chardonnay is only the richer, riper style, but actually you can get those wines, of course, but also all the way down to leaner and, and then nicely balanced wines in the middle. And the like you just said, the different Rhone varieties are starting to appear, and California is doing a nice job there. My favorite is Syrah. Syrah actually can have an incredible range from California, but the truth is only a little bit of that is made. So the two most planted varieties are Cabernet and Chardonnay, and we're starting to see more Pinot, some Sauvignon Blanc, Zinfandel, those are
2: sort of the top varieties planted. Right. And there's a certain amount of sparkling wine uh, also made in California. Is that on the up in terms of production? We don't see much of it in Hong Kong.
1: No. So sparkling wine is growing, but not necessarily in volume. It's growing in the sense that there's more producers doing small batches of Ah. sparkling wine. So if you're there in the state, there's actually quite a diverse range of sparkling wines you can get. But a lot of it ends up staying in state and not exporting as much.
2: Okay, so don't expect it soon in uh, in Asia particularly.
1: No, I think there's a few prominent producers that Hmm. are coming into this market. Tramsburg is one that's here right now as an example, but the smaller volume wines are not going to be exported,
2: I think. Right, Schramsberg that you just mentioned. I mean, they're using the uh, the, the classic uh, champagne method grapes. The production is made in the same way. What gives it a Californian characteristic compared to champagne?
1: Yes, again, just a little more fruit character. I think California wine in general, you know we have really nice sunshine Mm. so the california wines are always going to have a little more fruit that doesn't mean they have to be fruity wines and it doesn't mean they have to be bigger wines Mm. but there's always just a little more fruit to california wine
2: so do you get a dry brew sparkling wine from california yeah
1: absolutely you can get dry sparkling wine from california and it will be totally, you can have absolutely dry, no residual sugar sparkling wine from California and still have that little kiss of fruit sweetness. Yeah. You know, So a sense of pleasing sweetness without it
2: being sugar related. So with with this diversity of grapes and uh, different methods that are going on, no doubt California has its own methods that it's adopted. Are they are they very different to uh, to ways that would be used in the old world of winemaking? I think there's a lot
1: of overlap. One of the great things about the world of wine right now is people are really traveling a lot, exploring a lot. People are doing two harvests a year, even oh. you know crossing the equator oh. to do one one half of the year and another another yeah. half of the year. So a lot of ideas are being shared all over the world with. Winemaking, and I think you can travel the world and see that kind of massive change everywhere. And so, I don't think California is doing winemaking techniques that are native only to California. But there's a lot of exploration happening in California at the same time because people are really learning from each other there in state and also learning from people visiting the state.
2: Right. With this diversity, if you have to pick one varietal or region of a certain type of grape out of a hat, I'm sure you're asked this all the time, what's your favorite?
1: Well, this is a little unusual. I really love Pinot Meunier, which is not a super well-known variety. It's actually a little bit lighter bodied and more subtle than Pinot Noir, just to give you a sense of weight. It's actually a huge component in Champagne, and there's a few people in the United States that make a still red wine with it. And I think when people are working with the variety it can offer a really beautiful kind of savory earthy but lighter bodied red wine expression which was lovely.
2: very interesting. (laughs) Uh, Is anyone using it in its uh, in its white uh, form for sparkling wine as a a pure uh, Pinot Meunier sparkling?
1: In Champagne there certainly are pure Pinot Meunier champagnes being made. In California there are a couple of people that make Pinot Meunier rosé but I haven't seen any Pinot Meunier pressed as white sparkling wine yet.
2: Okay, yeah. and still red is your yeah. favorite.
1: Well, so I should say people are mixing it into sparkling wine in California, but I haven't seen any hundred percent Pinot Meunier sparkling wine in California. So, but yeah, I just really it, again, it's a little unusual, mm. but that that combination of sort of earthy um, character with a lighter-bodied expression is just really lovely to me.
2: Is it a really small batch that we're unlikely to see here yeah, in the Yeah,
1: unfortunately, yeah, I'm sorry. I picked the hardest-to-find thing in the world, you know,
2: to okay. say, I love it, yeah. Okay, and where is that produced in California?
1: In California, there's actually the oldest planting in California is Sonoma Mountain, so in Sonoma County, and there's a little bit up in Anderson Valley, a little bit in Carneros on both the
2: Napa and Sonoma side. Okay, changing tack, you have a very unorthodox background in coming to wine. And you actually went from philosophy into uh, wine. How did that happen?
1: Well, I should go a little further back. I actually grew up commercial fishing for salmon mm. in Alaska. So I started commercial fishing for salmon at the age yeah. of nine. I became an owner at 13 and decided it was time to retire. So I sold my operation at 23 and then figured, you know what, I've had a whole career, I can just go around trying things now. So I became an academic philosopher. I was actually a university professor. Mm. And it's a challenging time to be in a university in the United States right now. So I decided it was time to get out of that. And as weird as it sounds, wine for me is a great balance of the physicality and dedicated hard work of commercial fishing. It's also a harvest industry. So that part of wine makes sense to me. And then the sort of intellectual curiosity of philosophy with a sort of thoroughgoing rigor. Those things all come together in wine for me, and that makes it work.
2: You mentioned a very, very young age that you went into the salmon fishing. Um, were you doing that to the exclusion of schoolwork?
1: No, so salmon fishing, it was uh, seasonal. So a quarter of the year I was out on the western coast commercial fishing, and then we would winter in Anchorage so we could go to mainstream school.
2: Okay, so sticking with wine for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, as far as I know. (laughs) I, I try to, I try to recognize things can always change. But yeah, absolutely committed to wine.
2: Okay. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. So nice to meet you. Thanks for having me.
0: And that was Elaine on brown American wine writer, illustrator and public speaker, former Salmon Fisher, a, a real font of knowledge on wines from California, which is the state where she lives. And she was talking to Tuesday food and drink reporter Andrew Dembina at the Discover California Wines Asia Tour last Friday. Many thanks to Andrew for that interview. And also